Yeah, she'll teach you how to be artistically you. Not afraid to talk about what's taboo. So don't play small. Join the podcast with Nikki Collins. Autism Unmasked. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Autism Unmasked. My name's Nikki Collins. I'm the autism coach and author of Through Autistic Eyes. You can find out more about my coaching and my book on my website, theautismcoach.co.uk. Today I'm joined with the amazing Cora Burke, who is the neurodistinguished lawyer, rebel leader, and she's been given a mission and she has accepted it with absolute vigour. This woman is most certainly on a mission and you don't want to get in her way. She is leading the Neuro Rebellion and she's going to tell us all about it in today's podcast. Hi, Nikki. Oh, wow. So much has changed since we last spoke with you, with me. It's amazing. I know. I know. So you are one of just a tiny minority of uh, women who was missed and are late diagnosed autistic, which has mm. been an interesting experience for you. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. And um, gosh, I've had to fight for it and don't we all, but oh, God, it, it's just amazing how the system works against us, how my big bugbear of employers work against us and I am sick and tired to the gills and I am here to help others um, because uh, you've you've heard it from countless other people when uh, you go and take your employer to task um, they typically throw every bit of resource that they have against you and they make it difficult for you and then us being us and being tired and everything and being scared, we say, okay, we'll accept your settlement agreement. And of course, that means you can't talk about your experience. And that eats at us because we want justice. And justice is denied to us through these flipping agreements. So what I've done is... Um, I was advised by my amazing solicitor at the time. I understand what you're doing, she said, but you have to consider your mental health. And it was the right thing for me to do at the time. But because I'm a lawyer and because I'm a warrior, I decided, no, I am taking this experience and I'm reaching out to others and I am going to help them with their struggles because there are many, many ways to catch a rat, and I know them. So I'm here. I'm the neurodistinguished lawyer, and I'm leading the neuro rebellion. Yes, absolutely amazing. And I know <laughs> that you have fought through ser some serious burnout to get to where you are, and you have oh, had yeah. to fight and fight and fight to keep yourself functioning and I mm -hmm. also know that your autism diagnosis has also lit a flame in you and it has just turned you into a proper warrior <laughs> that does not want to be messed with <laughs> no absolutely not and um well, well absolutely yes not not but it, 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 I've always had that spirit in me uh and it it's hereditary as well because I'm a Dutch national and the sort of 
Saxon blood rages through my veins. But when you go through these experiences and from childhood onward, you're told, act normal. Why are you so weird? Why this? Why that? And you get knocked down and knocked back and crushed by every single encounter in your life. You get to age 50 and, and you just go, fuck it, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. It, it, all of a sudden, you know, you, you have this sort of tiny little flicker of light and you say, I'm going to find out, even if it's the last thing I do, because I know my truth and I will have it if it's the last fucking thing I do. And I did. And I I paid for it myself. I am one of those women who are privileged enough to do this. And Nikki, it is a privilege. Diagnosis is a privilege and it shouldn't be. It's our fundamental human right. Uh, but I I went I went for it. It was an arduous process because for fuck's sake, we're neurodivergence. They know what these conditions do to us. And you have to fill out these reams and reams and reams of triggering questions. Yeah. And then still you come up against these barriers because my big challenge is now I've I've gone through the ADHD assessment I have gone through the autism assessment which then triggered uh, further assessments for dyspraxia and dyscalculia and I've got the full deck yay but then you get the outcome, okay, we recommend that you are medicated. You get uh, your prescribed melatonin and medication for your ADHD. It's great. I'm back to my GP. And then the GP says, all right, we'll refer you back to the NHS services. And the NHS services who put you on the waiting list um, two years ago and said, we'll see you in three years or so, say, great, you're back on the waiting list. What's the actual fuck? You're not the only person to say no. that. And people are spending out of their own pocket and finding ways overseas to source yeah. medication for ADHD to see, just to even see if it's something that might help. Yeah. Just to quieten yeah. their mind and give them a little bit of focus during the day. I don't know why it's still such a fight, why it's such a battle. Because yeah. if you went down to the GP and said, Doc, I'm depressed, really low, they'd be popping out those antidepressants like sweeties and saying, here you go, Cora, take one of these a day, come back in a couple of weeks and we're up your dosage. Yeah, well, that's what I've been doing. And when I, I, I've been on that shit for 10 years, I've been on fluoxetine and citalopram and all that crap and gone through the whole rigmarole with CBT and PTSD treatment and EMDR and what have you. And great. Okay. They have their place. They help me. They're toolkits. Hmm. But the moment I gave them my diagnosis, they acknowledged that I was misdiagnosed with generalized anxiety uh, and depression. And they said, okay, well, you know what? Now that you have this diagnostic report, we're going to make an urgent referral for you. And we we imagine that we'll, you'll be seen in two weeks. So just come off the citalopram. Okay, great. Happy yeah. days. 
Just. Three months later, still nothing, and my health nosedive. I was bordering on suicide, and yeah. I've never felt like that before. Meanwhile, I'm starting a big new contract while I have just taken on my first employee who I was going to mentor, and I'm thinking, I'm failing left, right, and center. What the fuck? And it shouldn't happen. They mess with people's lives. Now, I'm a pretty strong and independent woman, but I hear every day from these absolutely desperate people, it affects their children in school. It affects their children in healthcare, in housing, and obviously the employment tribunals that I fight alongside them. And I am done with it, Nikki. I am done. I don't want to say I blame you. There has yeah. to come a point, doesn't there? There really does have to come a point. And again, it's a privilege to be able to get to a point where you're done and you can take a different path. Yeah, yeah. So, so tell me a little bit about Neuro Rebellion because I know this is exciting and this has the capacity and scope to help a lot of people. And I know that I'm not the only one that sees that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's started just with this righteous anger that we all feel and I, I came up with this phrase in my mind and I keep repeating it the neuro rebellion is here who's with me and some of my clients kept saying I'm here I'm with you and it's like a snowball effect and this whole idea just kept crystallizing in my head and then I was awarded a business consultancy project um, by the University of Portsmouth. I'm, I'm co-located there, uh, so I have offices there. And because, you know, you're on site there, you get all these sort of opportunities. So um, I have a, an amazing team of young men working with me uh, to do their sort of graduation consultancy projects. And um that project is going to be presented on the 8th of December and they work, th that whole cohort of business management and law students and finance students, they are working with 19 clients here in Portsmouth and surroundings and so I'm one of them and then there is another gentleman, um, Hi, Shah, Shah Siddiqui of TRI. He works with um, dyslexic people. So we were introduced to each other and um, we're now business partners. <laughs> so Shah is doing an awful lot of projects uh, with me. We're, we're going out, we're meeting people. So that is bringing a lot of work. Now, my boys, they came up with a suggestion. Neuro Rebellion needs an app. And I thought, flipping heck, that's a great idea. So Shah's company is developing the app and the app is going to be at the heart of the community because obviously what we need as neurodivergent people is a safe way to communicate with each other. You know, even if you just want to hole up in your bed or wherever you feel safe, yeah. you need to be able to chat. You need to be able to know there is a counsellor out there or an occupational therapist or someone like you, a coach or a lawyer or whatever i have a massive massive army of people who are 
interested and invested in supporting the community. They're all either neurodivergent themselves or they have loved ones who are neurodivergent. And they are going to be on the supply and support side. And the app is going to be bringing everybody together. And people like you and me, we are going to be vetting them. We're not going to say, okay, you're disability confident. Great. We trust you. No, no. Because <laughs> yeah. you and I, but yeah. <laughs> so we are going to be personally vetting them so that we can trust them. We've been burnt before, so we've learned <laughs> <from> those lessons. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that that whole you know, group is growing by the day. And then there's this amazing, amazing lady called Emerald Davey of Activate Community. She has a similar sort of setup, but it's a website. She has contacts and she's so passionate. So she's one of my chief rebels. And then there's other ladies. And I, I, I haven't got their official consent to mention me yet, but I have a troop of chief rebels who are right in the wings to support me. Um, and the whole rebellion is just steamrolling and we're ready to kick off. So come beginning of January, we have the rebellion up and running and we're just going to absolutely shock and awe the whole sort of system that is so stacked against us because our charitable objectives are going to be to secure our rightful access to healthcare, work, education, housing, and the underpinning factor justice because the justice system is rigged. Totally. The Equality Act provides and guarantees us with equal treatment and, you know, the, the, the reasonable adjustments that we need to have an equitable and inclusive access to these key areas. But even the justice system doesn't do it. I, I, I've sat through and I've supported a num uh, number of clients now who've gone through tribunals. And even even the tribunals is fucked up, and I'm done with it. Yeah, it ends. It um, ends now. Yeah, years ago I was sacked from a job in a bank, and I went to tribunal. I was one of five senior members of staff mm -hmm. at the at the time. The bank was making cuts and had said, "Oh, your jobs are definitely safe. You, nothing will happen with yours." But then they found the smallest of things and. Yeah. Made that as turned that into an excuse. I didn't know I was autistic back then, but I don't really think it's relevant. I just think that the system no. is very flawed. And what happened is I went to the independent tribunal and the area director led it. Yeah. Hardly independent, considering he was in the mm -hmm. branch every other Monday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's all these things. I mean, not, I, I honestly believe that employers don't set out to discriminate and upset and whatever. But there is this culture where the moment an employee says, I'm not happy about this, I want to actually use the processes and procedures that you so very kindly put in place for us, they instantly go, oh, we're going to tribunal. No, you idiot, we just have a conversation. 
Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and these and things don't need to cost the earth. They can be something. There are so many simple, reasonable adjustments that make an employer's life, an employee's life easier and an employer's life easier. Yes. Just through a conversation, because you can go to the other extreme as well and say, oh, my goodness, you're autistic or neurodivergent yeah. description. Right. You must have all of these things. It's like, well, I don't need all those things. No. <laughs> so can't we just have a conversation? And if something comes up that I'm struggling with, we have another conversation and we communicate about this. No, yeah, that's not an option. This Absolutely. Is, this is one of the reasons why I'm self-employed. But oh yeah, talking about self-employed things like access to work and getting supports, like even for like a <sighs> VA service or coaching or anything like that. That in itself, that is again, is just what what is that sorcery? It is criminal. One of my chief rebels is very kindly helping me with that because I put in an application for access to work in February. I still haven't heard of Dickie Bird. She's chasing it. We're recording in November for um, for the sake of just the, the duration. <laughs> February to November, that's ridiculous. I know. It's 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 obscene it's absolutely obscene and then i'm supporting a client who provides an amazing amazing virtual assistant service uh to people like us and you know the way the dwp who you know provides the access to work service is just completely hands off with like oh are you having invoicing problems with your clients well it's not our problem well fuck off it is because you are actually a government service and mm. your payment terms under the procurement regulations is that you must pay with your supplies within 30 days you are providing the service so don't you tell my clients that it's her problem yeah that's me i'm a contract specialist i know my shit yeah so don't if you have any problems with government or that sort of thing, I'm your gal. Because I've worked with the government. I know them inside out and I know their tricks. <laughs> <laughs> They'll use every trick in a book to try and avoid paying out for as long as possible. And it yep. just causes more stress. And what then ends up happening is people leave it. So they don't end up getting the support that they need. Because yeah. it's just not, they don't have the energy to pursue it and keep yeah. on going and going and going. So there's this knock-on effect. I remember way back when we spoke about recording a podcast originally, the emphasis was going to be on the criminal justice service and yes. how autistic and neurodifferent individuals were maybe not being handled as well as what they could be during it uh, mm. within that system and there could be things that were put into place that prevented them from being in that system in the first place which is essentially what this rebellion that you are leading is for so yeah tell us about how it's all gonna piece together well it it's really sort of Span out from there, but back then I was only just starting out in mm. supporting people through their grievances and tribunals. And through that, I encountered head stuff therapy ADHD, it's headed up by Sarah Templeton. And uh, I, I work very closely with them and, and their counselors. And Sarah told me that um, 
I think up to 80% of people, young people currently in the criminal justice system have ADHD. And I'm thinking, what the actual? And then when I was working with some of her people and the people that she refers, I saw up close and personal that even the civil justice system is completely absolutely not geared towards supporting neurodivergent people and I was thinking well say I have a client who is has been discriminated against in her employment and she is so utterly and completely broken through the whole experience that she can't she just she, she can't work. She she has to accept this this humiliating and soul crushing thing of a settlement agreement. Mm. You, you fall into crippling depression, and you can't look after your children anymore. What do you do? You will do anything and everything to look after your family, so you commit a crime, and you end up in the criminal justice system. All of that could have been prevented if the civil justice system had actually worked properly. And I'm having goosebumps here because it happens. And what really eats me is that there are reams and reams of reports about neurodivergence in the criminal justice system. Well, fuck it. Civil justice comes first. You know, I see it time and time again. I have free judgments now that are littered littered with contradictions with absolutely horrendous behavior of the barrister on the other side and the judges do fuck all and i'm done with it because they're culpable they're letting it happen they're letting people's lives being ruined they have honestly if one of these days and it's probably already happened but if one of these days someone kills themselves as a consequence of that the civil justice system has blood on its hands and i'm done which is why i call i incite neuro rebellion absolutely incite rebellion we're done absolutely and we need that passion we need that drive it's a very serious topic and mm-hmm. if you get all of these components right there's no need for people to be in this in the criminal justice system in the first place because no. everyone's needs are met. The systems across the board, not just this country, are so broken. Look, I don't know if you heard, but that was Snippet, the cat, and he agreed too. No, oh, thank cat. you, Snip. <laughs> when you think it through, I mean, there are lots of neurodivergent organisations at the moment um, that I'm a little bit sort of... <laughs> Mm. I reserve my judgment, let's put it that way. There are, the figures are about one in seven of us here in the UK are neurodivergent, which means roughly 10 to 11 million. Yeah. So even before my angel investor said, yay, okay, let's, I, I'm going to offer you a place on my incubator program. Nikki, if I launch, by the time I launch my app and my website and, you know, my social media girl goes, yay, come on, help us. If, if every one of us 
just donate a pound or half a pound or whatever, the starting capital is there. And we'll do it all ourselves because I don't want to rely on on, on corporate donors. Save my angel. Okay. My, my angel is everything. But we can do it ourselves because we've always had to fight for ourselves. Absolutely. And if anyone's going to do it, you will. Because, I mean, the way that you even qualified as a lawyer wasn't exactly <laughs> the traditional route, was it now, Cora? <laughs> uh, no. And and that's that's how... You know, that's a starting point of my sort of corporate. I, I'm not a qualified solicitor. I'm a paralegal who's done a couple of courses uh, with uh, what was called ILEX back then. And now it's Chartered Institute of Legal Executives. But all the rest of it is hard graft. It's just using my brain. It's my quirky, quirky brain. And, you know people in businesses noticing that hey she knows her contracts and because of that and because of realizing that i am neurodivergent and coming to understand how our brains work like oh focusing honing in on certain areas and spotting patterns well that that's what you need of contracts so absolutely what what I'm doing at the moment, this is a very important part of um, NeuroRebellion, is giving other people the same opportunity. Because the beauty of English law is that certain areas of law, yes, they are restricted. You have to be a licensed solicitor to practice them. Um, things like, you know, selling houses and stuff, um, uh doing wills and, and uh, probates and stuff like that. that that is very very tightly regulated but contract law is not mm. and it's that area of law that our mindset is really really suited to now in my uh, career um, I've done a lot of teaching and mentoring I was trained as a teacher of English hence me actually being able to communicate so fluently because I'm not an English national um, and I thought there are so many people who want to do this who want to do law or who want to go into business but they get told you're never going to be able to do that because you can't do xyz well, <laughs> fuck you you can yeah. I've done it and yeah. I've got back in my previous my last employed role I trained up I mentored an amazing woman uh, who was an administrator and she started asking questions when she had to sign off bits and bottles of forms and I thought oh you are smart so we, we 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 just worked together and within a year and a half she had her own contract portfolio so that was really cool um, but now that I'm on my own I decided that I was going to offer this opportunity to others. And you saw him walking through the screen earlier on yeah. in the background. That's Ollie. That's um, my legal assistant. He's been with me for almost three months. Um, he's uh, the stepson of my best friend. And he is bloody amazing. Had no background in law whatsoever. You know, um, ha it was told like, you know, yeah, you're not going to amount too much. Oh, he's, he's just absolutely astonishing. And, and 
that that's my example. People like us can do whatever we want to do. He's managing his own contracts. Yeah. He's managing my junior staff. I know. And you know what? They're <laughs> actually sometimes it's my favorite word. Sometimes it's frustrating when you hear it's like, oh, you, you're never going to amount to anything. Oh, you can't do that. That's outside of the realm's possibility for someone like you. It's like, well, firstly, someone like me, what does that mean exactly? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, we are all born equal. And it's other people's judgments and superiority uh-huh. complexes that put other people on a pedestal or are on the pedestal. <laughs> so yeah. I always think now that when someone tells me I can't do it, I stick a middle finger up, not at uh-huh. them actually, but I stick a middle finger up and I go, watch me. I'm going to do it twice because yep. I have been underestimated my entire life. And it was this week, actually, this very week of recording that the neighbor across the road from my partner who bought one of my books he he came out and he said to me he said the level of research that has gone into your book is incredible I've read it cover to cover in two days absolutely loved it I learned so much from it and I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what level of education you're up to but it's clearly a high level I never finished school I don't have a single GCSE to my name. Mm-hmm. And that just in that moment, I just thought mm, there is more than one way to get an education. Absolutely. And I will say that more than once. I probably already said it during the podcast that I've recorded in the past. And I will say it again in the future because we all learn in our different ways. Yes, we absorb information in different ways. We explain in different ways. And actually, sometimes autistics are, we take complex information, simplify it, and put it into layman's terms so other people can actually understand it. That's He's a kid. genius, Linda. I mean, I'm one of those lawyers who likes complex language. I love it. It's beautiful. But when you have to explain law to people, I just um well, he just takes complex text and he goes, this, 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 this. And I'm learning from him because I'm drafting from scratch in plain English now. Mm-hmm. It's it's magic. Exactly, exactly. And there is a place. There is definitely a place for, yeah. for the what would be classed as jargon. And there is a place for the more simplistic language, which majority of people understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a project that we did. Um, for for um for emerald actually i mentioned her she's from uh, activate uh, community we're uh, formalizing our collaboration so um a document that you do for that's like heads of terms so you you, you have quick headers uh, and then you agree on that and then on the basis of the heads on terms you write the actual agreement mm. and even the heads of terms were quite complicated so i said ollie can you sort of you know, clarify this in, in, in simple language. And he did. And then I made the, the notes that he made in pretty colorful, uh, colorful sort of post-its. It was perfect. And that's the sort of service that we can deliver because, yeah, great. It's words. But I'm a visual learner. Mm. And that's the sort of things that we need to do because whenever I encounter a new client now, I ask them, how do you learn? How do you process information? Oh, I love it. 
but sometimes it's bloody hard because um, my latest tribunal client, he just came out of the blue after what I, I came home from um, Venture Fest. And it's like the best, big email, but then the best way to contact me is via mobile. And I'm only just overcoming my sort of, well, auditory processing disorder is always going to be challenging. But because I'm so energized and so happy and so clear in my head right now, I can actually have these conversations without text, without visual prompts. So I called him and I took it all on board and my God, he spoke. But, you know, that, that's what I do now. It's like, okay, fine. This is what you do. I will do it. And it, it's, it's just the smallest thing you can do for someone. Even if you just say, okay, I may not have taken all of that on board. Or like I had to do the other day, it's like, Mr. So-and-so, please, I need to stop you. I can't take any more on board. But in our community, we can do that. Yes. In a neurotypical client relationship, it would be considered rude and you might lose the client. But with us, because we understand it's just, sorry, I don't mean to be rude, but I'm overwhelmed. I can't. I can't anymore. I think that's a really important thing to highlight as well, because this is why I only work with autistic individuals. Because mm. if I'm halfway through a sentence and forget what I'm saying and then come back to it five minutes later because I've remembered it, mm. if that was a neurotypical person in front of me, they'd be putting a very funny face and walking away because I'm unprofessional. I'm not unprofessional. It's just mm. the way my brain works. And sometimes it likes to malfunction mid-sentence. Yeah. But some people have made an assumption that because there are neurodivergent services for neurodivergent individuals and service users or business to business, that, there is this divide that is happening and it isn't there that isn't. at all. It is that actually there is a need that wasn't being met and everything mm -hmm. in the past was typically neurotypical mm -hmm. and it wasn't working for a large percentage. I mean, what was the one yeah. in seven people in the UK and Europe? Yeah, yeah. So that's a large population. I think she said about 11 million people. That's yeah, a large yeah. population of people that are not being served by these systems or these structures yeah. and ways of working. So it makes sense to kind of have these little off branches and yeah. these communities that serve one another in the ways that support naturally. Yeah. And I, I think you raise a very important point there. Ever since I had my diagnosis and bearing in mind that I am self-sufficient and thanks to, to the support of the neurodivergent community, I'm absolutely fucking ruthless now. I say to my neurotypical clients, this is who I am. You have to do this. If you don't do it, sorry. So I had a conversation because I work in the morning. I, I have my what I call my commissioned work. Uh, it is it is employed with very big clients and I deal with some very important people both here and internationally. It's like, sorry stop park it for a second i need to process that and i tell them up front this is who i am this is how i process information and honestly guys they take it on board as long as you make clear to them how you need to communicate mm. they're absolutely fine with it i have um a little, sorry brain stay with me <laughs> 
I have an email signature where I state my, my communication preferences. And as long as you do that, you, you, you have a legal disclaimer. Yeah. And, you know, and sometimes I, I really have to be very strict with my client and say, here is my, my report, my documentation. I need you to do this. And, and don't, be, don't be afraid, because mm. especially when you're self-employed, you owe it to yourself to, you know, assert that, because there are always other clients out there. Fuck me, I'm here. You know, I have so I have such a need for people to support the rebellion. The amount of people I have hired and engaged in this thing, mm. you know, and it's just they appreciate it because they they are not used to being told this is what I need. If you do not give me the clear information clearly in writing, I can't do it. Yeah. And I just literally down tools. I'm sorry, no, this action is with you. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And I just let it run. It expires. It expires. Exactly. And you know, in my employed role, I couldn't do that because you have what is called uh, a mutuality of obligation. Your boss asks you to do something, and within reason, you have to perform. Mm. And then they go, "Oh, oh you're too much work." Well, mm. but as a self-employed individual, look. If you're asking me to do more than that is outside of the scope of my work, great. I'll quote you for it. If not, it's not going to happen. Perfect. Yeah. Exactly. So it's knowing your worth and not undervaluing yourself. Yeah. Which is another huge trap that a lot of autistic women who are self-employed and entrepreneurs fall into. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. That's why my job is what it is. I help self-employed yeah women entrepreneurs to not do that to get out of their own way to not undervalue themselves to yeah. harness their autistic strengths like you harness your autistic strengths you're spreading some amazing goodness in the world and that's just going to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow and grow it's not gonna yeah. it's gaining momentum and once you gain that momentum <laughs> unstoppable exactly. and this is the thing and this is one of the things that are so annoying out there because there are so many amazing content creators out there and their content gets nixed. Well, it's easy. You know, you just, you just put a season, no, not season, a takedown notice in there. And that's another thing that I want to make available through Neurorebellion. Just these really simple, short and sweet note letters. Mm. You, you get it as freemium content. If that doesn't work, okay, then you come to us and then we'll support you as yeah. premium content. But all of that, it's it's already there and it is so easy. And there's so many out of uh, so many of us out there who go it alone and think, you know, I have to work all hours under the sun producing this content and doing this, that, and the other. And, and then some idiot just steals it. Or mm -hmm. people who build these amazing businesses without any of the most basic terms and conditions in there. And that's what I want to make available just with my legal team. Because once you have a basic set of terms and conditions, you can just reciprocate them. And all of that, that's going to be part of the neuro rebellion. You know, because yeah. we have to be able to be self-sufficient because right now, you know, we have to 
fight for every diagnosis, for every bit of ah, justice and care and whatever we have. So we have to help each other. We do. We do. Yeah. Well, if we don't help each other, who will help us? We've been yes. on that avenue for long enough and times are changing now. On that note, mm-hmm. how can people contact you should they wish to reach out and inquire and find out more about your services or indeed use your services? How do people okay. contact you? If you want to get in touch via Instagram, you can do that at, at Neurodish. Okay. And the most direct way often is via LinkedIn. And if you want a phone, it is 02394215005. Okay. I will link all of that information in to the show notes below so that it's easy yeah. for people to click through or or call. I don't know about you, but when my phone rings, I look at it like it's a hand grenade about to go off. It's like someone is calling me. What is this yeah. <laughs> the telephone number goes to my registered office, so I've built in like... protection. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And I, I have uh, my amazing support team, uh, a pair of uh, students, law students, who do 10 hours each, and they're managed by my amazing legal assistants. So I've built in my own sort of support system, and then it comes to me. So that that's success of the team and you know it will all come back to me well thank you for shining a light on a different way of going through the law profession and showing Mm -hmm. that it doesn't need to be the traditional way just like I've not never finished school and never had a traditional education Mm -hmm. just in the law field there are other ways to get there so do your research and don't let the naysayers hold you back I think is a take out from this absolutely yeah so thank Thank you for being here thank you for having me and rise up yes absolutely neuro rebellion is here (laughs) all right thanks nikki take care take care and for our listeners don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never have to miss an episode again thanks for tuning in to the podcast with nikki collins autism on